as always, Nate Golia. Hey, how's it going, Zach? It's going good, man. I got a new set of headphones, so I'm pretty excited about that. That does sound awesome. I need to get a new <laughs> set of headphones. Um, so we're going to have uh, the opportunity to play uh, some Legacy this weekend. In person, even. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, so, uh, yeah, SCG New Jersey is this weekend, uh, the, the Invitational, um, but there will be some open events. I'm not uh, qualified for the Invitational, so I'll be, uh, I'll be playing inside events. Yeah, um, I won't be in for the first couple days, but on Sunday I arrive uh, and can we'll be able to uh, hopefully play the uh, Legacy Classic a little bit. Um, the Invitational is, is uh, I think the Open is modern, I should say. Yeah, so. I believe it is, yeah. The open is modern, and there's the classic for uh, for Legacy on Sunday. Yeah. yeah so, uh, what are you what are you planning to bring this weekend? So, I'm pretty set on um, playing Eldrazi. Yeah, this is the green white version. This is uh, it's mostly it's mostly the white version, but it does have uh, Endbringers in the or uh, World Breakers in the sideboard. Um, mm-hmm. So the deck. Uh, Basically runs all your classic Eldrazi, uh, you know the che- the cheap guys and the Thought Not Seers. Uh, it's uh, what you're running: Mimics, Thought Not Seers, uh, Mattery Shapers, Reality Smashers, uh, Endless Ones, and uh, the white is for uh, Displacer. Um, mm-hmm. Displacer uh, has been pretty solid for me lately, so I'm I'm pretty happy about running some uh, white bordered Brushlands in my in my main deck. <laughs> um, and you've been playing this deck online for a while. Yeah, I've been playing it online for a while, and I actually got a chance to uh, hang out with the the Long Island uh, Eternal crew and uh, get a little bit of uh, uh, practice in in person with uh, with Roland and uh, Max, mm-hmm. and and Dave actually, uh, Dave Dave Kaplan as well. So yeah, I, I actually uh, Roland is also uh, has been on Eldrazi, so we got to play the uh, the colorless Eldrazi versus the uh, color Eldrazi. Uh, deck matchup, which was is pretty interesting. Uh, it really just comes down to who gets to go first. But um, <laughs> Displacers did did a lot of work for me because they were able to deal with uh, his endless ones by just yeah. making them worthless and um, and allowing me to get through for some attacks. Um, what are you sort of hoping to play against then with this deck? Like, what what's its prey? So this deck totally preys upon. Uh, well, I mean, Storm is is a great thing because it plays uh, chalices and it can generally chalice on one on turn one and follow it up with another chalice on turn two or three if it if that's a thing for two, mm-hmm. um, or even zero. You know, that's great too. But um, you know, Delver decks uh, are, are the kind of decks you want to be playing against with this deck because you're just all around larger than those decks, and you're playing four Cavern of Souls, so their Dazes and Force of Wills uh, are are really not that good against you. Um, is it as good against Miracles as been sort of advertised? Um, you know, I haven't gotten a chance to play against Miracles with it yet, but I, I can only imagine, like, the deck is just so fast, and even Swords to Plowsharing something, like, if you're not applying pressure back, I have time to, to build up some, some larger stuff in the deck, especially being able to um, blink my uh, uh, my creatures around with, uh, what's it called, uh, the Displacer. Um, being able to, yeah. you know, uh, just stop his removal from hitting anything but my Displacer is pretty huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you showed me your list and I saw that there was Lotus Petal in it. 
Yeah. I just think yeah. you gotta at some point just be like ancient tomb, lotus petal, watch the person tense up, and I just like cast a chalice or like a displacer it would be well, hilarious. Yeah, I, I definitely have have done ancient tomb, lotus petal, uh, uh, chalice just to like try and avoid daze. But yeah, I mean that's your opponent's gonna think that you're on some sort of blood uh, blood moon deck if you do something like that too. So. Or show and tell. Oh, show and tell yeah. It'd be Jesus. funny. Yeah. So yeah, I mean. Sadly, it's not as powerful as that, but it's very good against Show and Tell, and it's very good against um, uh, what's called Reanimator as well, because of the Displacer uh, being able to get around that. Not to mention your sideboard sort of built for those matchups. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to just blink someone's Emrakul after they cast it, or the I, the deck plays two Caracas main, so you've got you've got game against lands, you've got game against Reanimator decks, any deck that's playing giant legends. Um, yeah, you've got you've got some game against, which is kind of nice. That is that is cool. I actually didn't think about that. I imagine Thought Not Seer, which I'll talk about a little bit yeah, super uh, in a bit card. against Show and Tell, especially. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. um, you know, there's always been that like question with some of the black decks, like, do you play Duress and just you know assume you're going to hit their Show and Tell and sneak attack, or do you play Thought Seize in case they only have one creature, yeah. or do you play Ostracize um, and just hope hope to God. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so definitely, uh, you know, Thought Nazi just being able to pluck any any non-land card and then it's just gone forever is also great. Oh, Though yeah. I don't I don't know how often the Emrakul reshuffle really matters, but it's also probably pretty good against uh, the Omniscience builds, which are, you know... I, I mean, I, there's a guy in, in Utah locally who's playing it, so I guess I see it every week because we have, like, eight players total. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, um, the omniscience build slightly better because obviously you don't have the the legend tricks that you can pull off, um, but um, you know it's hard for them to get that online if you can you can counter with warping whale their show and tell. So, do you have thorns in your? I have them uh, two in the board. Yeah, I mean that's good against omniscience too. Yeah, so. of course. Um, cool. Well, I uh, yeah. What do you want? Yeah, I, so I've been playing this death death. Right Shaman Bant deck, and I've talked about Bant a little bit because it's the deck I've had the most success with, usually with like a straight up Zenithy, uh, Noble Hierarch, Knight of Reliquary build. And I've been getting away from it just because it's so bad against the card Death Right Shaman, and decided if you can't beat him, join him. Yeah. And uh, so over the past two weeks, I've played it at our, at our locals here in Utah, which are usually three to four rounds. Um, and, and I'm over 500 with the deck, but. I'm 0-2 against Eldrazi and 0-1 against Miracles, and I just feel like it's great to just sort of... I also I also definitely, like, beat people who made mistakes playing other decks. Like, I was like, well, I'm dead, and then they did something wrong, and I was like, oh, I accidentally won. Yeah. So, um, I, so I, let's talk a bit about why... I mean, I'll talk a little bit about why I wanted to play it. I felt that, like, Acceleration and Days is a good plan um, to be on. You get to it's a little bigger than the Delver decks, so like you're playing, you really want to hit acceleration on turn one, and then have days, then something to do on turn two, which is usually usually Stoneforge Mystic, um, and then if not, if you don't daze something, uh, you have the ability to play some pretty crazy three drops like uh, True Name Nemesis, um, and then of course the gold standard is being able to just like jam a, a Jace with days back up on turn three. Course, which yeah. is pretty sweet <laughs> and so the deck has a lot of good things going on what i didn't like about it is just that the mana base like i got blood mooned and 
you know, it just it just was so painful. Like I, I really don't like losing a blood moon. So I feel I for wanted, you, man. Yeah. It's, it's hard to bounce back from a week like that when you when you get blood mooned out of of your like three to four color deck. Um, yeah, getting blood moon just makes you so aware of the weaknesses uh, of your deck. Um, I know for a long time when I was playing uh, gifts in modern, I always felt like that when I got blood moon. It's, it's hard to bounce back from from those uh, those weeks. Yeah, and uh, I definitely like. Um... The Eldrazi deck. So I was playing Thalia Heretic Kathar, and the card is good against Eldrazi. But um, if you don't like have it on turn two and have like just Wasteland backup, it doesn't do as much. Yeah. And I just felt like I needed to have something bigger. When you're playing Death Right, you're not playing Knight, so you don't have that. Um, so the upshot is that I sort of took the shell, took the white out of it, so I could play more basic lands. Put the Zeniths back in, got rid of the Noble Hierarchs, and just put together a uh, bug deck with the with sort of a similar game plan, which is accelerate on turn one and have days, hopefully, and then still be ahead. Um, or just have pretty good three drops. Um, you know, True Day Nemesis. I'm playing Trigon Predator, which I like as a, as a three drop. Yeah, that's a great three drop. And I get to play Baleful Strix, which I think is going to shore up my Eldrazi matchup a little bit. Yeah, Baleful um, Strix, I had it played against me a couple times yesterday, and it was uh, it's a card you have to deal with. Again, Warping Whale does deal with it, but it's you know a lot of times it's like, oh, I have a Dismember in my hand. Do I really want to spend four life to kill this thing? Yeah. I mean, my thing about that is that like against Eldrazi, I'm fine if Baleful Strix just blocks and dies immediately, and then I just get to play a Tarmogoyf that's got plus two, plus two. And uh, and so far, I mean, I've I've been sort of goldfishing a little bit, you know, sort of calling up uh, tapped out, just put up some decks and just see how it is. And it's just the mana is better because I'm not playing four colors, and uh, just having access to Tarmogoyf, you know, five virtual Tarmogoyfs, yeah, with Green Sun Zenith, uh, three Zeniths and two Goyfs is has been good, and having more blue cards for Force is relevant because. Baleful Strix and True Name Nemesis are blue creatures, so so that's what I'm going to bring. I'm going to go in blind and see how it goes. Okay, I still I picked up a, a, a Collective Brutality tonight, and mm-hmm. some part of me is like, oh man, I just want to kind of reanimate stuff, but like I know better. I'm, I want to play the Eldrazi deck. I think that uh, playing something stupid, uh, you know, in, in the sense that this is just an aggro deck and there's really not a lot of other play to the deck. Uh, aside from just like swing, attack your opponent, swing, you know, uh, you know, worry about limited combat math, you know, I think that's where I want to be this this weekend. I think it's I think it's a good choice. Um, I've played against it and like I played against it in, in when I was when I was living back east and I played against it here. Obviously, I haven't played against the white version here. I don't think, but. Um, but, I mean, the deck is really strong, and I think it'll be cool to see you navigate the tournament with it, too, because I'm so used to you playing, like, blue decks yeah, in I Modern and Yeah, I don't play uh, aggressive decks at all, unless, unless, you know, I had a very long stint with Merfolk, um, which feels, in some ways, very much like this, this deck, but in, in many other ways, it's just absolutely not the same. Um, you know, uh, one of the funny things uh, Itai said... Uh, when we were doing testing, uh, was was that this is sort of one of those decks in the format where, uh, you know, people just won't play it. Yeah. You know, they're they're not they're not into this deck because you know it's sort of 
Uh, it's sort of the black mask of the format. Yeah, I mean, I I was really frustrated when it first came out. I just kept, I just felt like every time, every turn three, they had Reality Smasher, and it just feels so bad to get like destroyed by that card. Like the thing, like you know, you're like, okay, I've got a hand that's sort of redundant against Thought Not Seer. I can play around Chalice, but that makes me a little slower. And then this like thing just comes down on turn three and just whatever you've got in the way just dies and then you still get hit and it doesn't die and you can't kill it like um but yeah. being bigger and being able to kill your average charmer wife is, is pretty relevant yeah and i think that uh it's actually thought not seer i mean people are like really up in arms about thought not seer and i was like well whatever like you know at least that's a, at least i can you know block that i can never block yeah. a reality smasher but uh, Thought Not Seer also really took me away from Stoneforge Mystic. It just felt so bad. Um, because, like, you can't just be like, oh, they've only got, you know, one land out. They're not going to play Thought Not Seer next turn. Because they probably are, or can yeah. at least, yeah, they you definitely know. can. Um, and you, so you're either, they either just rip your equipment or you hold the Stoneforge and they rip the Stoneforge. So. <laughs> I know De- um, Deathblade and, or, you know, Stoneforge decks, Stoneblade decks aren't really that popular right now, but that is one of the other things that is really, uh, really a dog against the white version of the deck because of Displacer and Thought Not Seer. Yeah, you can displace the germ token, which just is brutal. Yeah. Or, or, you know, yeah. if they equip a Jitte, you just place that, like, the sword, just place that. It's, you know, like, I'd always rather pay two life from my ancient tomb to spend that mana than to have them gain some sort of weird advantage. Yeah. Uh, the, one of the builds I played against uh, in the past couple of weeks had uh, Blight Herder in it. and I mean... I thought about it, but uh, yeah. it's so expensive. Yeah, and you don't... Yeah, I mean, I don't, think you're, I don't think your deck needs it because he was playing definitely the colorless version. Yeah. Um, but, like, it, you just... Like, so many decks just can't beat a 5-8, you know? It's huge. It's gigantic. Yeah. And it just takes you, and it takes a bunch of lands, and then they get more lands. It was kind of funny because I had a Thalia out, and he was like taking all my lands, but they were, I was like, keep those coming to play tapped. <laughs> that Misty Rainforest that is completely irrelevant to you comes into play tapped, just oh, so you know. You're not, you're not talking about Blightherder, you're talking about the other guy. Uh, what the hell is that? Blightherder is the one that makes uh, tokens. Oh, it is. What am I thinking of? Um, Sorry. No, no, no problem. Uh, I, what is that guy called? <laughs> we're both going to be. Frantically, uh... yeah. I'm looking right now. Oh man. Oh uh, boy. Yeah, no, I bad radio. But uh, yeah, the yeah. five seven guy is, is insane. Uh, but I I know I know what you're talking about. The guy who like looks at the top couple of cards of your opponent's deck and then puts all the lands from that into play. Oblivion Sower. Oh. Oblivion Sower. Uh, yeah, Oblivion Sower. That card's dumb. It's a six mana five eight, which is like a, essentially a three mana five eight. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the taking the land isn't, like, super relevant, but four-color deck made it relevant. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, there goes my, like, scrub land. Like, oh, I'm never going to see that again, you know? Um, I mean, as, but long anyway. as, as long as they don't hit your fetch lands, like, there's value there. Yeah. Um, they hit my wasteland, which is, <laughs> that's also brutal, so. Yeah. Anyway, I, don't, I know you're not playing that, but I just was saying that the 5-8 that steals people's lands is hard to beat. Um, I think uh, it should be a fun event, though, and uh, we'll see how our how our uh, te- testing and your your sort of uh, high level of testing from between the web and last night and my zero testing, other than <laughs> sort of playing the same deck, pays off. 
something tells me you're still going to do better this in this tournament than I am. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> well, so uh, other news uh, is you know uh, what conspiracy two is is out, and we've got a lot of spoilers for that. Yeah, I think should it's we just out, mention? You know? It's not out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know. I think we should just talk about the reprints first, just to say, like, yeah. get that out of the... Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, there was a big reprint today. Yeah, Berserk, pretty huge. I I was really surprised, and I'm happy. Like, yeah, I mean, I think we definitely. talked about that card when we talked about Eternal Masters, just, like, not being there. Yeah. And I'm, I, and I'm I know... super happy to see it. I'm a little bummed that after Eternal Masters, I went and said, screw it, I'll buy one, because I was going to, like, buy one, <laughs> then wait... And buy yeah. another one, but I'm glad I waited to buy the second one because I'll definitely wait to see if the price of the old art drops a little bit because I definitely want to have the same art. Um, and, the and older card is, is much more attractive. I'm not usually one for like I, I don't usually mind that much, but the new one with like the weird wording and the like kind of goofy illustration. Yeah, I'll figure it out. Like at least there's some value in this uh, in this draft format. Like a lot of value actually. Yeah, so uh, Berserk's the big one. The other ones, uh, Serum Visions and Inquisition of Kozilek for modern. I mean, those are that's nice. Pretty for, huge. I'm super glad uh, that they were printing Inquisition of Kozilek because I sold mine when we were going back to uh, Zendikar, and I sold them for you know half the value of like whatever ten, twelve dollars they were at the yeah. time, expecting them to get reprinted, and not seeing them reprinted was really really shitty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, now you can now. It's it's only been I mean what like you know a year since then anyway, yeah, so it's not even that like, big a deal. Not being able to play them in the decks that I want to play them for like a, a year is it was was a little rough. Yeah. Or like having to play, uh, you know, uh, thought seizes against burn. Can we just have a moment for Thoughtseize being an, a budget inquisition of Kozilek for yeah. a period of time? Like, Jesus. come on. <laughs> Um, for Legacy, Burning Wish was reprinted. It wasn't super expensive. I think that uh, it's one of those reprints where it's like, okay, like I, I like a couple Burning Wish decks, but I'm not going to spend, you know, forty dollars on the set of these or a little bit more than that. Yeah. But maybe I'll spend twenty. Yeah, and, and you know, <laughs> you know, like there's a there's a replenishment of uh, foils out there too, which is you know not not nothing. Mm -hmm. It's nice to it's nice to have an option. Uh, Burgeoning and Phyrexian Arena were the other ones. I don't think those are really played in Legacy, but they are pricey cards that, you know... Is Burgeoning some are, sort of like lands versus lands tech? I think... <laughs> well, I, I think it's tech in EDH because uh, you get four lands a turn. Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> What's up? Is it Horn agreed that whenever you play a land, draw a card, too? Yeah. Oh, God. Just go, that's probably go fun. insane. I imagine EDH is a silly place. I've not played it in several years. Um, so I guess but, then we should... Uh, come back around to the the cards that are kind of getting hyped right now yeah um let's uh let's just talk about the i'm gonna just <laughs> talk about this queen marquesa first just yeah. because we i think we should introduce this monarch um the monarch uh new keyword which is interesting in that it's uh it's gonna be part of the rules right yeah so in, in conspiracy take the crown your job is to become the monarch, and the monarch get lets you draw. If you are the monarch, you get to draw an additional card at the end of your turn. If a creature deals damage to you, its controller becomes the monarch. 
So in a two-player game like Legacy, you know, the Monarch's going back and forth between two people. Of course. Obviously, this is a, for four people or eight people, whatever it is, to be a free-for-all. But um, Queen Marquesa, one red, white, black, legendary creature, human assassin with death, touch, and haste. She is a 3-3. Three, three. And when Queen Marquesa enters the battlefield, you become the Monarch. At the beginning of your upkeep, if an opponent is the Monarch, put a 1-1 black assassin creature token with death touch and haste onto the battlefield. Um, I don't think this card is playable, but it is the uh, the poster child for Monarch. And course, yep. what do you think about the the, 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 the the thought of just like being the Monarch for value in Legacy and getting to draw a card at the end of your turn? Well, I mean, obviously there's some value there if you're if you have the ability to do this against a deck that doesn't have a way to really attack you as hard, um, or you can profitably defend yourself from your opponent making themselves the monarch again. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, who doesn't want to draw a card at the beginning of every end step? Like, of course. You know, so Miracles, uh, this is terrible if you're playing Miracles. You don't want this to hit the board. No, you don't want the people to become the monarch. No. Uh, um, and, there is, and there is a duality with this, with this uh, mechanic with, like, Okay, maybe we start playing more Vendillion clicks in our deck, uh, so that we can flash them in, get the you know become the monarch on our on our attack step and start drawing more cards. Because the last thing you want is for your Miracles opponent to be drawing two cards a turn. Yeah, and I mean this is essentially an emblem, uh, yeah. so there's no way to get rid of it other than attacking them with creatures. Um, I, I had the same thought. This is great. This is great against Miracles. And then I remember that Miracles has access to Vendillion Click and a small army of monks. So, I mean, you're going to really have to work for it. But, uh, I mean, there are cards that this uh, interact, that this mechanic interacts with. Uh, Moat is probably the most obvious one, but uh, also the sure. most, uh, what's the word, uh, controversial one just because of its price. Uh, Glacial Chasm maybe is a little bit more... Uh, Palatable yeah, for mean, people. You can pick that up. And lands, if you can just get a card that makes you become the monarch, and then and then you just stop your opponent from ever being able to attack you. That's not so bad. Yeah, I mean you can't attack with glacial chasm, but I mean obviously there's always a way around that. And then there's you know there's just your propaganda effects that slow people's attacks down. There's just having removal and you know having blockers and drawing two cards a turn lets you replenish all that. So anyway, I think the. Uh, Terminus is a great card to stop your opponent from becoming the monarch. <laughs> yeah, right. right, exactly. So anyway, I think it's an interesting mechanic uh, to just like it, it has to be part of the rules, though it's not really on cards. There's there's a typo on the monarch emblem that they're passing out. I do like that they are also passing out crowns though, so you can get your own king hat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, is it okay if I just read these cards off and then you Please, yeah, give us the first do. reaction? Okay, so we have Kaya Ghost Assassin. Two white and a black. Planeswalker Kaya. Uh, begins with five loyalty. Zero. Exile Kaya Ghost Assassin or up to one target creature. Return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control at the beginning of your next upkeep. You lose two life. Minus one. Each opponent loses two life and you gain two life. Minus two. Each opponent discards a card and you draw a card. So this is a interesting card. Yeah, I mean it's not a color combo I normally play, white black. Um, but you know there's, you know you have your junk decks and your uh, 
your uh, what's called a uh, Esper decks that could that could definitely see this as just a fine card to play and for play for value, right? Like this is probably as good as Jace and some sort of Esper deck being able to make your opponent discard a card and drawing an extra card every turn. You know, uh, every third turn having to switch it back to um, it's, to five. To, it's five. Five is a. I mean, I don't. I don't want to sleep on any five loyalty planeswalker. I mean, I. I wouldn't say I did that on Nahiri, but I looked at Nahiri and I was like, this is pretty good, but it's red white. So what is that ever gonna do? But you, a planeswalker at five loyalty is just insane. It's a lot of loyalty, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I. I do play white black a lot. I'm not sure. I, I. I. I don't know how to evaluate this card. I don't know how good the zero is against other creatures. Like, there's always like, well, it does sort of pr- uh, protect itself. You know, in a way, but then yeah. you lose two life, so you can't do it all the time. Um, the drain is probably irrelevant. The minus two is great, and I think if you have a Liliana down and then put her down, that's a, that's even better because you're going to oh, minus God. Lily, yeah, play good. this thing minus two it, and you're going to be great. Um, and that is a goal of most most decks playing this color combination is to play Liliana the Veil at some point. Um, so okay. that's good. Um, but I just, you know, there's there's two Sorens that give you a lot of value for the same mana cost in a, in a more sort of certain way where you know what's going to happen when they hit the board. Yeah. Um, like Sorin, uh, um, Lord of Innistrad. Okay. I mean, that's a plus one to put a 1-1 one, one lifelinker into play to fog itself, to, you know, to fog your opponent's creature instead of, like, you losing two life, which is, you know, super relevant. Um but there's no there's no literal card draw on it, which is, you know, I mean literal card draw is, is cool. So especially yeah. on a planeswalker. So I mean, if you can ultimate Lord of Innistrad, you do get three of their creatures slash planeswalkers. That's yeah, it's one like of the best cards. Well, yeah, well, actually, I I have ulti- I've ultimated it once against Miracles and like taken a Jace, and you know that's just it's just like nasty. It's one of the, actually the best cards against miracles, but it's just so hard to find a deck that can find and resolve a four mana sorcery speed creature, which is another strike against this card, I guess. Like you're finding and resolving a four mana sorcery speed non creature spell, so spell pierces live. Like, um, well, I mean, and you don't have to really the, you know, worry about that with with miracles, and they don't have a ton of four drops in their deck. They've got the four jaces, you know, four ish jaces. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that it's something that can definitely get past a uh, counterbalance, you know. Yeah, and it's just like you know, what other matchups? Like you're not going to blink their thought, not see here. It's cool against their endless ones, but you you losing two life on turn three or four is could be very relevant against Eldrazi, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, you can get rid of a painter if uh, for, until the beginning of your next upkeep, which is. Tech, but I mean, I know so many creatures. In, and the point is that so many creatures in Legacy are going to enter the battlefield and do something for their controller. Yeah. So, I don't know. Cool card. Um, there's another Planeswalker. Uh, but I got to look up his uh, loyalty. It's Doretti, uh, Ingenious Iconoclast. It is one, a black and a red. Doretti begins with three loyalty, plus one. Put a 1-1 colorless construct artifact creature token with defender onto the battlefield. Minus one, you may sacrifice an artifact if you do destroy target artifact or creature. Minus six, choose target artifact card in the graveyard or artifact on the battlefield. Put three tokens that are copies of it onto the battlefield. 
when I first read this and I didn't see Defender in the plus one, I was like, I could not believe this card was about to be printed. Yeah. <laughs> but Defender is a huge... Defender is a giant drawback. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I'm not, you know, I mean, listen, they're shitting out three mana Planeswalkers lately. Um, I am not sold on this guy. It's a bummer because it's the very first Rakdos Planeswalker, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Starkin the Mad is Oh, Starkin, left. Starkin, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's also not a good card, so <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's such a, such a bummer that, like, you know, this this is the right cost, and loyalty's fine. Three for three is, is okay, but none of those abilities seem very relevant, you know? No, I, I don't think it does anything particularly better than you could do with some other card already that, where the upside, where you don't have to make three defender creatures first you know and i um, i tried playing uh you know the other duretti in vintage and i just felt like any other four mana planeswalker was better duretti seems like he's the goblin of planeswalkers you know he's just not great <laughs> he's 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 there he you know he likes the trash yeah right um i, I the only thing i'm going to say about this is if you do get to ultimate it uh, there's some super degenerate things you can do with like Sundering Titan, oh, God. or like Mere Battle Sphere, or like Batter Skull, uh, but nothing that you couldn't just do better with. Yeah, you know, just, you, in, yeah. in a deck that color though, it's just like what the hell. Yeah, you're gonna be you're gonna have to play fate. You're gonna be playing Faithless Looting and trying to drop your stuff in the graveyard, and you're not gonna have any interaction unless you play blue, and that's gonna mess with your mana base. Yeah, that's, I don't. I don't that's see the it. real problem. There is like what you know if I played black and red in in that format the only thing i could think of is like burn with bumping the knights you know and that doesn't want to be played in this in in that deck like that so he doesn't yeah. really have a home yet uh if he even had a home cuz even the you know any uh artifact based deck might be might be red but like definitely wants to be blue for thirst um, <laughs> yeah and, and any other other and yeah and like uh, you know, Tezzeret and stuff, so I, I just don't see this guy doing anything aside from being played casually. Any 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 thought of making artifacts and in a format where Talarian Academy is legal? Probably not. <laughs> Talarian Academy doesn't cast this card. It does not cast this card at all. <laughs> and it's like, it ramping you one, I'd rather gush and put two Moxes into play. Yeah, that's true. Yep. You know? Okay. Leovold, Emissary of Trest, uh, is a legendary creature elf advisor for black, green, blue, so one Sultai. He is a 3-3. Each opponent can't draw more than one card each turn. Whenever you or a permanent you control becomes the target of a spell or ability an opponent controls, you may draw a card. Um, we're going to talk about why he got super overshadowed in a second, but I think this card is really good. It looks Pretty freaking good, actually. Um, I can only imagine it got overshadowed by whatever else came out that day. Yeah. Um, I think that, uh, I mean, well, I, I, I just built this Zenith bug deck, so this is definitely, this is a Zenithable, Force Pitchable Hate Bear, which does oh, not dude. exist. Yeah. <laughs> the only like... thing even close is Trigon Predator, and you have to attack and attack and connect with two three. So it's a bummer that Zenith isn't an instant because it would be so awesome to flash this dude in uh, off of a brainstorm. So let's say you're sitting, you're playing like any average brainstorm deck, right? Your opponent plays a Death Ray Shaman. 
on their turn, you do something. This is their this is their next play. Is this a must counter? It's a must Each counter opponent. or bolt. You know, like it is it is at least bolt bait, but like three three on a three mana co- you know body on it's turn a three, two three. Is, is rough. That blanks all your cantrips, and when you do bolt it, draw a card. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> and it's not. And uh, I think like Caracas, like someone's like, "Well, it's gonna get Caracas." Like, whatever. Okay, put it back in my hand and give me a card, and then I play it again. Yeah, that seems fine. Pretty good. It's interesting because it's an elf that's good against elves. It is very uh, much an elf that's good against elves. Yeah. Yeah, it turns off all their engines and it blocks everything in their deck. Except, I mean, other than, like, Crater Hoof Behemoth, but, like, jeez. Um, I don't know what the story is behind that. What his story is, I should say, but, uh... <laughs> I know why this card got overshadowed. Yeah. Ugh. So, here's... Speaking of three-mana hate beers, we're going to talk about Sanctum Prelate. Boo. One white knight. <laughs> a creature-human cleric. As Sanctum Prelate enters the battlefield, choose a number. Non-creature spells with converted mana cost equal to the chosen number can't be cast... This is a 2-2. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, what do you what? have to say about this? Why what? did this card even become printed? And it's never going to be, like, a card that they would ever ban or anything like that. They don't ban creatures. But this is just obnoxious. Um, I think if there ever is a creature that could be banned, like Hermit Druid, Goblin Recruiter, this is pretty powerful. We'd have to see if the deck is so degenerate around it that... I will say this. One white and a white. You're not just, you know... We're not you splashing gotta... this thing, but, like, man, yeah. Hate Bears, uh, Death and Taxes is already a, is pretty close to Tier 1 as a Tier 2 deck can become. This is this should push it to Tier 1 for sure. Um, it just it, solves so many problems. The deck is just so cheap to build now, like... You basically just need to buy port, ports, and everything else is maybe three, four hundred dollars. Uh, ether vials are really pricey, but yeah, I mean, not at this point with with Caracas and everything. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, this just solves so many problems. You know, six for Terminus. I mean, yeah, come on, jeez. Um, Two is really good uh, for most things. And also, I didn't realize at, at first, again, that this lets you cast creatures, so you're going to see it up with something horrific. I think, I mean, the only thing that it has against it is that the white three-drop slot is getting really crowded. Vryn Wingmare, Uthalia, yeah. another card we're going to talk about in a second uh, as well. So, I mean, that is going to put some pressure on it. You know, Mirror and Crusader sometimes in this deck, so... I mean, it's 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 going to make an impact. Uh, that's yeah. the one thing you oh, can say. Oh, for sure, about. yeah. And I'm, um, I'm sort of glad this card isn't around for to, for you know Sunday's event yet. But I also don't mind it so much if I'm going to be playing Eldrazi. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean the Eldrazi deck's existence. I mean, I saw someone say uh, like, "Well, you know, this is great and all, but if your opponent's playing Eldrazi, they're on like mono creatures that are bigger than your creatures still." Exactly. You know? Yeah. Um. So I, I also we got to shout out our, our friend Tony who uh, who said this can't possibly be real. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, you're making that up. Like, no. Like, here it is. This is on this is on the this Wizards of the Coast website. Exists. This creature exists. N- not being able to cast. I mean, let's just you know go through the obvious things. Turns off abrupt decay, which is you know this thing comes down and says two, and abrupt decay is just not happening. And you know so many of these bug decks are playing for abrupt decay, and that's their removal. 
and uh, that's that's so this thing is never leaving. Um, it's a two-two. You can cast creatures. It has to attack through stuff, but boy, I mean, what about Vintage? What do you think? I mean, you played more Vintage than I do. I could see. I mean, it's it's tough because there is a like a hate bear style deck in Vintage, um, but I think in Vintage you just would rather keep making it impossible for your opponent to cast stuff if you're on this sort of deck. So you might be playing white in your in your like uh, shops deck for Thalia, maybe, but mm-hmm. you're not splashing too white for for this guy. Yeah, the white trash deck in Vintage has had, you know, reasonable success. Paul Rietzel's been playing a lot of these kinds of decks in the Vintage Super League. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, this thing comes... <laughs> but the, this thing can be lotused out. Yeah, I mean, the <laughs> thing is, is, it's so hard to choose a number um, if you're playing Vintage because, one, you've you got to know what your opponent's on, right? Yeah. And two, you kind of have to know what your opponent is up to right then. Because, yeah, sure, you could say zero, I guess, and stop your opponent from putting his moxes into play. Um, or you could say one, and he doesn't have access to his cantrips. But then, like, five is gush. And force. And force. It's, you know. But the forces might not be in the deck in game two, two so if you're like, if you know they're on gush. Time Walk and Time Vault. There's just so much going. Advantage is all of Magic the Gathering, so it's really hard to choose just one number you know like what is your opponent doing oh i don't know like even if you say two and i'm playing uh you know the steel city vault deck i can just drop five mana and play tesseret and get it going anyhow so yeah i don't think that two that that it's going to be as big of an impact in vintage but i could be i could be totally wrong there might be a deck that wants this yeah i think uh i mean it, it's easy to you look at it in a vacuum and I, I was saying like well you play chalice and then this um, and then that's that's game over. But I mean, you could just play two of these. You could somehow get two of these and play on two different numbers. I mean, that's that's going to be tough. Um, I I, uh, I think you know it'll be it'll be interesting to see if if D and T can really incorporate this. Um, I feel the same way I did about Thalia, where you know you really want to sort of have this early, probably. Um, and D and T doesn't accelerate, and either Vile is actually a turn slower. Yeah. But they do keep you in the early game a lot longer with Port and Wasteland if they have a Vile. So, but then again, if they have Port and Wasteland and a Vile on three, the chances of you winning that game if yeah, they like drop a pudding cup, yeah, 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 right. I mean, this thing is Mirror and Crusader at that point. No matter, most decks can't beat like a Mirror and Crusader at that point, you know. So, yeah. anyway, uh, okay. Uh, um, talking, speaking about death and taxes, Recruiter of the Guard, two and a white. Creature Human Soldier. It is a 1-1. When Recruiter of the Guard enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a creature card with toughness two or less, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. So, for those of us who wanted Imperial Recruiter to be reprinted, they gave us a mirrored version. They gave you one that cannot get Painter. Uh, yeah, I mean, they knew that when they made the card. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so, let's... You know, they could have made it toughness three or less, but that's probably too many creatures. It's sort of a bummer to me that that's that's how they went about it, because really, would it have been all that big of a deal? Like, it's not like Painter is the, you know, scourge of legacy by any stretch of the imagination. Um, But there's so many cool things that this card can get otherwise. 
Yeah, I mean, this deck doesn't, or this card doesn't just have to go in Death and Taxes. Uh, the, the number one thing is you can now build the Aluren deck without with this card. Um, you cannot get the card Dream Stalker, which is a 1-5 that bounces something when it comes into play. But there's plenty of bounces when it is cast or comes into play or whatever. Yeah. That the, the, the only downside is now they can be bolted, which can sometimes break up your combo. But the combo is Aluren and a Recruiter. That's it's a two card combo, and then once that happens, the game is over, or you know they have a way to break it up. So I wonder if we'll see more of that deck, just because it's an interesting deck. You know, it's like a cool deck to play. It's not very expensive outside, um, you know, the usual suspects. Alluren is on the reserve list, but it's like twenty five bucks. Uh, it could be the next buyout. <laughs> well, no, but uh, I, th- I I think this is an awesome design space, as far as cards are concerned. Uh, I, I don't think that, you know, it's it's a three-mana 1-1 one, one that can get you a creature. So you're you're basically wasting a turn to get a creature and put it into your hand. I don't hate this as far as design is concerned. And I didn't hate, you know, uh, Imperial Recruiter either. I thought I thought both, the, both cards uh, gave you a neat bit of toolboxing that, you know, was fair. Yeah, I mean, there's really nothing bad to say about these cards because red and white, I mean, we'll just, we should probably just talk about white because it's a white card and this is the new one, but it doesn't have a lot of these effects, you know? You have Forge Mystic and, like, Squadron Hawk. Yeah. Uh, um, and, like, Tithe and Land Tax. You know, these are way older cards, you know? So, Vernable Monk. I don't even know what that does. You gain two life <laughs> when it comes into play. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I think this will be a cool card. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, if uh, we see more learn decks because it's a, when you see that card, when you see that deck go off, it's it's funny. Um, you know, this card can just be like a value card in other situations as well. It gets both Stoneforge Mystic and True Name Nemesis if that ever becomes relevant. So it's a toolbox for death and taxes. I think the, that where I'm sitting on all this stuff is that it's cool. It, I mean... Either DNT becomes unbearable, right? Mm-hmm. Or we see like a, a couple white taxi type decks, you know? Yeah, I think that's I think that's what's going to happen. Is the, uh, is I mean the deck always seems unbearable to me, but that's because I was playing Delver. So um, I think that you're going to see a lot of uh, a lot of different versions of the same deck, which is which is cool. I like I like innovation, you know? Yeah. No, I think, and I think that that might be cool. That might be a thing that that helps the format, just having some other options um, in that in that way to sort of break things up. But um, shout out to the yeah. best name card of the set, by the way. Oh, this garbage fire! Garbage fire, man! It's <laughs> yeah, so good. It's like the best the best name card in Magic: The Gathering, as far as that's I'm what they should have called Battle for Zendikar. Oh god, <laughs> yeah, the the garbage fire format for for limited for sure. But yeah. man, garbage fire! I just like can't wait to use that on somebody. I don't even know. What I wish it does. I, garbage fire you. Yeah, um, I, I can't even explain it because it's got like draft matters. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> um, hold on, I'm looking at garbage fire. You have to reveal it as you draft it and note how many cards you've drafted this round, and then it deals damage to a creature equal to the highest number you noted for cards named garbage fire. So, it's so like basically, a shitty scred. So you need like a Boros Reckoner to make this card work. Yeah, we'll see what they yeah, like be reprint of Poros Um So I guess like it's either fourteen or like 
what's the i don't know if 14 is the max if like if a round equals a pack or if whatever 14 times 3 is 42 oh god <laughs> like this is like the absolute last pick and, like is this a thing where you like see it and you're like hmm i'm not in red but <laughs> yeah right yeah i'm not in red but i don't want the red player to get this card how great would it be if they did actually put boris reckoner in this uh in this draft format that would be hilarious yeah, well, like, there's oh, a lot of no, that card went around. There are so many um, interesting cards. Like when the, the first day of spoilers, I was like, oh, all these things are about like becoming the monarch and revealing as you draft. And like, oh man, where's our like containment priest? And then we just got like a huge dump of uh, of awesome, well, potentially awesome legacy cards. Yeah. At least three playable legacy cards plus a couple other interesting cards and some excellent reprints. You know, like, and some good I, you reprints. You really can't scoff at the the reprints there. I'm, I'm super happy with uh, the value that this set is offering. Might be on par with uh, what I opened for Eternal Masters. Not necessarily the whole set of Eternal Masters, but man, being able to get some of these cards that you weren't able to to get for a while, like Inquisition and uh, you know, Serum Visions and uh, Berserk. You know, I, I'm I'm pretty happy so far with what we've been shown. Yeah, and this and and Chalice Guy is like a thirty dollar card already. So of course, of course. Um, so do you feel like we're getting any sort of mixed message on Eternal? Like I, yeah, you know, they I they took it. <laughs> they gave us Eternal Masters. They gave us this set which has a lot of cool stuff in it, and then they took away Legacy Grand Prix. I yeah. don't know. And then you know, I mean. I just it's it's sort of a bummer you you just don't see very much going on uh, in in the realm of legacy for for wizards you know they're just like hey you know you can play it if you wanna you know um, I I would I would really like to see I mean hopefully there's no not been any news that the uh, what's it called the uh, Vegas is not changing next year right I have not heard I know people have been trying to get that to be a thing. And I hope they fall in a lake because uh, that's that, that would be tragic. I would definitely like to do, you know, what is it, legacy on on Friday and or legacy on Thursday and uh, yeah, with Saturdays. the day twos are our our legacy Friday sta- standard Saturdays modern Sunday. So the only way you could double up is legacy modern. Yeah, I would be completely fine with that. I think that uh, yeah, and I think that uh, hopefully. They're looking at it as this is a gift to people who want to play those formats. Um, so, plus, like, I mean, if you really think about it, legacy players are probably more apt to be able to fly into Vegas on a Heck Wednesday yeah. night. Yeah. You know, like, if you're if you're a younger kid or, you know, I mean, people won't be in school in June necessarily, but people might have finals and stuff. I mean, you can't just ditch out in the middle of the week necessarily in the middle of June, so... Yeah. If you're a standard player, so yeah, I hope they change. I mean, the, the one thing I noticed about next year's schedule was that they didn't have any sort of like coming soon announcement, which leads me to believe there will not be a Modern Masters next year, oh, um, yeah. as they've been thirteen, fifteen, and then uh, I, there's there's nothing open for seventeen, well, which is why I started something next year. I mean, they dropped two like of these kind of sets this year, you know. Yeah, I, it's interesting. Well, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I don't want to. I don't. I hardly can speculate on this company. You know, yeah. I used to write for a magazine 
that was that covered the toy industry. And every time I'd cover Hasbro, I would always think back. This is before I was playing again. I always think back to like Hasbro acquiring Wizards of the Coast and how crazy that was at the time. Um, but they never talked about magic. It was always about Transformers in 2007. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, so I'm not gonna. I don't know. You know, I'm not gonna. I, don't, I can't say I can speculate either way. But um, I think this set, just having Serum Visions and Inquisition of Kozilek, is is maybe even a stronger signal that there is not a Modern Masters planned, because those were two of the cards Perhaps, that were. Yeah. 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 Um, and uh, Berserk is just amazing. I mean, I half expected to see Rashad and Pork get spoiled. Like, what I else was left? Crossing from... my fingers for it, you know. Well, there's no Rashada in. Uh... I was like, well, there's no Rashada in. There's no Kozilek either. Yeah, there's no Kozilek, right? So, what are you going to say? As a yeah. casual player, you don't really care about the flavor that much. You're just like, oh, more toys to play with, you know. Uh, right, as a no. Vorthos, you do, but uh, th- this set's kind of there for both of those. Uh, you know, both of those uh, sweet tooths to get uh, to get filled in. And it's almost like they. Uh, I mean, I I don't know how how successful conspiracy actually was the first time. I had heard it wasn't, so it I was wasn't expecting. Yeah, the fact that they announced it again, I was like, oh, okay, great. And then it's almost like they almost like they seems somewhere like they did it just to like, oh, we forgot to reprint all this stuff. We don't have any plans to reprint it, so let's make a conspiracy and put it together. Because the the uh, the difference between the cards, um, like it's so it's so stark that that some of them are so um, aligned with the uh, draft theme. But then some of them are also high value reprints. Yeah, <laughs> like there's, yeah. no, there's no in between, you know. Well, it's kind of great because as a casual player, that 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 this is sort of targeted on, um, you know, you you're more than happy to get rid of these cards in formats that you don't play. So it puts more out in the marketplace. Right. I think it's. I like I was saying. I think it's great. It's just such an interesting way they went about it. It's just yeah. it was totally unexpected to see. I think I mean, if you told me like they're. You know, after Eternal Master was spoiled, well, there's going to be another set this year with Serum Visions, Inclusion of Kozilek, and Berserk. I would have said, yeah, right, okay. Like, what? <laughs> They're not on the same plane, and like, because there was a whole thing about, well, we can't reprint Serum Visions because the Serum is flavored to Mirrodin. Like, okay, whatever. I don't know about that, but um, I would have said, I mean, what, <laughs> like, what are they going to roll out of Dark Depths? That would be so funny. Dark oh Depths are yeah. shot apart, you know, but. Anyway, yeah. Well, I think that's right. about it for for this week, right? And just yeah, we'll we'll SCG check back in. Yeah, we'll check back in next week when we when we're both in top eight of this classic. Yes, that would be nice. <laughs> All right. Well, All right, have man. a good night. Yeah, you, you have a good one.